Just Curious. Welcome to Just Curious Media. This is That's a Crime. I'm Jason Connell. And I'm Sal Rodriguez. All right, Sal. We are back with another crime. An update, I might add. I like updates because updates implies we're going to hear some sort of justice occurring, hopefully. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, we always say we're going to do an update or we're going to keep an eye on a case. And case in point, we have one here. Because today we are breaking down the true crime story of Family Feud contestant joked he regretted marrying his wife, then murdered her in 2023. Update. This wasn't that long ago that we did this episode. And sad, but it has a lot of pop culture and quirkiness to it. We kind of talked about Family Feud. And we're not going to do a deep dive on that front, like explaining what the show is, the famous show that has families go head-to-head against each other. And we actually played the clip of him on the Family Feud on that first episode, if you recall. Yeah. And this is uh, Steve Harvey-era Family Feud. That's right. That's right. Well, the... Murderer perpetrator is Timothy Bleefnik, and it's a very sad crime. He murdered his estranged ex-wife. I know they had both had filed restraining orders against one another. They had three children, and he killed her in cold blood. You know, when you watch the video of himself, you remember it clean-cut guy, kind of charming, good-looking, and then I saw like images of him you know, in jail, in the jail cell or getting booked. It's like night and day. This guy looked deranged, completely different, went down a deep, dark path and never came out of it. Well, Jason, I, I'm reminded when you mention a mugshot yeah. of the infamous Paul Rubens, rest in peace, mm, mugshot. And rest in peace. definitely remember the Paul Rubens mugshot looked very different from Pee Wee Herman himself. That's right. Well, we might look different if we ever had a mugshot. I'm sure it's not <laughs> yes. your finest moment. There's that. But this guy looked like, no offense, but Dog the Bounty Hunter. No offense <laughs> to him, but it looked yeah. like night and day clean cut guy, long hair, strung out. Something's not right with this Go- guy. Goatee he had at that time. Yeah, goatee. Exactly. So, you know, it was uh, eye-opening and just really tragic. So it's no surprise that he was found guilty, thank goodness. But What we didn't know was the sentencing, and that's what's come to light here. So we highly encourage all fans to go back and visit that episode. We really break it down, the case, in a lot more detail. I have all the notes from that one, too, but we're not trying to redo that episode. We're just trying to pick it up, an addendum to that episode. So here is the news. On August 11th, 2023, Timothy Bleefnik was sentenced to life in prison for murdering his wife. There you go, Sal. Life in prison. Now, I know sometimes life isn't life, but it's still a long time, and he'll probably not see the light of day. Well, when it comes to life sentences, I think the implication is 25 to life. So a person that receives a life sentence will serve at least 25 years, but maybe not their entire life. Yeah, that's true. He's in his 40s. He could get out, but this is a pretty heinous crime. I don't think they're going to be rushing him out the door anytime soon. Also by the looks of him, but I'm not going to pass judgment. I believe he got the sentence he deserved. And prosecutors revealed that Bleefnik researched how to commit the February murder, which is this year, 
on Google, including techniques to force open windows and police response times. So, you know, this was premeditated and he followed through. And some things came to light here that I wasn't even aware of. And this judge, which we're going to get into, I really commend this judge for the statement he makes, which you'll be reading. But Adams County, Illinois, the judge is Robert Adrian. And during the sentencing, he condemned Bleefnik's premeditated and research and planning and all of that. And so please do the honors of, of sharing uh, the judge's words. You know, I when I first read this, Jason, it seemed a bit theatrical because he literally goes through every gunshot. Right. But at the same time, does express the gravity. Yeah. And lets the viewer and listener know exactly what happened. I mean, this was... This yeah. wasn't just shooting someone once. No. It wasn't that. Like, I'm mad. It's, I'm, I'm enraged. And, yeah. Oh, no, no. This is not that. And when you read through it in a dry run before we got going, it impacted me hearing you read it. Like, wow, okay. It's heavy. You practiced this murder. You broke into her house and you shot her one, two, three, four, five, six, Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen times. I don't know how long it took you to do that, but some of those shots were fired while she was lying on the ground. And you did all of that while your children were upstairs at your house, lying snug in their beds. Mm. <sighs> Whew. That's tough, and good job on reading that, but it's very, very tough. And that courtroom had to just be silent. Here's a judge speaking, and I partly would have liked to have seen Bleefnik's expression during this, and then partly not, right? But uh, very powerful. Now, one thing came to light here, and again, facts come out. The earlier facts were what they were because there wasn't very many, but one thing I had read and we talked about was Rebecca, how she was discovered where her three kids were at school and she didn't come get them. And now the judge's comments speak to the kids being upstairs sleeping, her three sons. So again, I'm not sure. Maybe they found out more information and it happened at night. You know, I don't know. But whatever it is, for him to say that, I'm assuming that's factual. And I think the implication is that the children were living with him at the time, and not with his estranged wife, because they were estranged, whatever that means. There are a lot of details about this case that we are still missing. Uh, motive, we don't know any of that. Uh, they had both filed restraining orders against each mm -hmm. other. We don't know anything about that. So there's definitely a lot of information about this case that I would like to learn more about, and hopefully will reveal itself later. Yeah, I do think they were living with Rebecca, our victim here, but I'm not sure. But again, that was one little thing like, oh, she didn't show up to school to get the kids. That's what set off the alarm bells. Where is she? But now this is new information. So it could have happened. They, maybe they figured out it was at night, not during the day. And then they didn't go to school. I, I don't know. That's neither here nor there. The boys are okay, which is good. But their mother was killed in cold blood. You know, Jason, you just that just occurred to me. You know, when in cases like this, it's not uncommon Mm -hmm. For children to be killed too. Uh, the right. person seeks vengeance on the spouse for whatever reason, kills mm -hmm. the spouse, kills the kids too. We saw kills that with that uh, guy in Colorado. 
Yeah. That famous case from a few a couple years yep, ago. That's right. Yeah, yeah killing the spouse, killing the kids. So yes, thankfully the kids are safe. Yeah. Now they've lost their mother. They've also lost their father. Maybe they lost him before this. But it's not a good situation. I feel for Rebecca, her family, and those boys for sure, absolutely. So that spawned me to look at the GoFundMe because that's one thing we wrapped up the last episode with, and which is a beautiful thing that Rebecca's sister, Sarah Riley, put this up. So we revisited it just a second ago. We hadn't been there since we recorded the episode. And they are at $115,000 raised of a goal of $250,000, which I'm assuming is going to go help out the family and these three sons of Rebecca's. And Sarah also has a beautiful statement. She's the organizer of this. And we'll kind of split the statement up. Another powerful statement from someone. And this person close to Rebecca and equally tough to get through, but we will do our best. We should not have to suffer a life without Becky, who was robbed of her life in the most hateful, cowardly, and cruel way. Her boys were robbed of a loving, devoted mother. I was robbed of my sister and best friend. My parents were robbed of their daughter, and as a parent myself, I cannot imagine a greater torture. Becky was a niece, an aunt, and a cousin, a friend, a colleague, and a caregiver. All those who love her carry heavy heartache in the wake of this tragedy. The judicial process cannot bring her back, nor can it heal our wounds. But we are relieved that the verdict delivers justice, and we are thankful for all who made it a reality. Mm. You know, I know we can't talk to our victims. It's very sad. Or the sons are just too young. But this is a beautiful statement from Sarah Riley. And I was just thinking about this, Sal. We do visit GoFundMes from time to time when they're there and they're relevant to the episode. But I hope that this episode, we do a little bit and maybe we spark some more donations. I mean, there was some as recent as yesterday. Hmm. There's about 972 donations overall. I mean, just thinking about these kids growing up with, here they have a family and then the family separated, which isn't uncommon. And then boom, they have neither parent. And it's just like that is another sadness on top of a sadness of losing someone far too young and the impact of that. So I would love to see just if it helps. I mean, monetary, these weren't probably very wealthy people. I don't know. But every little bit helps, especially in a time of need. Yeah. You know what? I hadn't really you know, summarized that in, in my mind about these kids are now orphans, so they yeah. lose their mother, and effectively, as you mentioned earlier, they lose their father too. So they, the kids now become orphans. When I look at GoFundMe's, I used to think of, oh, it covers funeral. Right. But there's a lot more than that. I mean, if you're more. looking at kids, young children who are now orphans, lost both their parents, mm-hmm. some of this money goes to the funeral, sure. Uh, but then you have, what, trust fund? These kids are going to need, they're going to need, uh, you know, things needed for survival, food, clothing, shelter at least till they're 18. So I believe that some of this does indeed go to their actual uh, well-being and growing into adulthood. Yeah. I think there's some sort of trust fund that goes after the GoFundMe then. This is really tough. Even if the grandparents can take these kids in, or Sarah, even bringing three boys into your home, there's expenses. Even just saying, hey, I'm up for it. I can do it. Do you have enough size? Do you have this? Do you have... So it's this is even a drop in the bucket. Like, honestly, 
You know, people get millions for hot coffee spilling on them. You know, I, I, they deserve a lot more. But this is kind. And maybe there is money coming from other sources, but this is a beautiful thing GoFundMe represents. And I think it's great. So there's just that. There's just that. We've never really done a deep, deep dive on that in particular. But it just hit me tonight thinking about it. And I guess I'm pleased to know that justice was served in my thinking. He's put away. He doesn't need to be on the streets. We can revisit this in 25 years and see. I don't even think he deserves to be walking the streets after that based on what he's capable of doing and has done. But uh, I am happy that we kept this on our radar and came back and kind of put an addendum to the episode. Yes, Jason. You know, such a a horrible act, Mm -hmm. a horrible act. Um, And then such a rookie move, uh, Googling. I mean, doesn't everybody know by now that search history is going to be part of the court proceedings? I mean, you don't just go Googling how to kill your spouse. And this guy did that. So as a person who's followed true crime for many years, mm-hmm. oftentimes people out themselves. People prosecute themselves is what happens in cases like this. That's true. Well, when they get to this point, so I wouldn't say they're of sound mind, right? I mean, we've had an episode recently that a mother ousted herself you know, caught herself because she was signing up on a fake website called Rent a Hitman to kill her own kid. It's a fake site, but it's like a trap, like a Venus flytrap. You go in there, you plug in your details, and the cops got her. Yeah, you're not thinking clearly. Thank goodness, right? Unfortunately, Timothy did do it. He did act on it. And I am glad that he's not skating free because he gamed the system. I'm glad that they... They make their mistakes, but um, in this case, it's unfortunate he wasn't stopped before it happened. And again, they both had restraining orders, Sal, and I get it. You got a restraining order. You can't put a lot of merit in a restraining order. You can't, unless you have an armed guard, and even then, in movies it never works, but unless you can afford to have that 24-hour surveillance, they don't do a lot when someone's coming for you. No, because when it comes to restraining orders, I remember there's a couple years ago where I... I was very close to filing a restraining order yeah, on somebody. You mentioned this. And then I thought, okay, I, I could do that fine. But then I thought, well, that doesn't that doesn't stop the person. No. It doesn't stop them. It maybe only adds some sort of validity to a case afterward, maybe. Yeah, but, exactly. Like, yeah. well, he did have the restraining order against this person. Yeah, it it doesn't prevent something from happening. I know. Well, that is all I have, Sal. Anything else before we wrap up? No, I just want to say rest in peace, Becky. Yes. So sorry that this happened, and I hope that your children are going to be okay, and I hope that they're going to have a happy and healthy life and um, you know, be able to move on from this, and you know, you'll be reunited with them one day. Absolutely. So that covers the true crime story of the Family Feud contestant joked he regretted marrying his wife, then murdered her in 2023 update. So thank you so much for listening, and please be sure to subscribe to the That's a Crime podcast and the That's a Crime YouTube live channel. You can also really help us by giving this show a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. And for all you listeners that enjoy sharing your thoughts, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, send us a direct message, or post a comment on any That's a Crime social media platform. We also highly recommend checking out our other podcast and visiting... Just curious media.com.